called All In, and I just appreciated uh, Pastor Philip last week really just leaving it out all on the field, just giving his whole heart to that message and inspiring us. This Sunday before that, Sean Ellis, who's missionary in Taiwan, spoke. He's so good uh, every time he speaks, but he just really helped speak to us, give us that clear picture like a missionary's heart where we're asking God to make us a, a great commission church. That's what he lives. That's what he does as a missionary. You're always expanding the kingdom of God with new believers. And so I really want to encourage you to go back and listen to that if you didn't just a couple of Sundays ago. Uh, but in this, what do we, you know, what is, what is all in about? Well, we're all in in preparing for the harvest. And in these next three Sundays, you're going to see these three words up here, invest, invite, and involve. And we see these as a movement for us in our preparation for the harvest. But in our subtitle for today, uh, I'm using the term upward. And here's a little diagram uh, to help give you a visual on this, in that, uh, that today we're going to be upward, and you have that dark blue arrow going up, where like the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, there's a vertical uh, that reaches and, and points to heaven, and then there is a horizontal that reaches out. And so we have three errors in this particular diagram, so we're, we're doing upward today, focusing on God and how awesome and beautiful He is. And then the next one is going to be inward, and it's uh, Lord willing, next Sunday, uh, I'll be teaching on inward, and that's the, the relationships in the body of Christ, okay? And then the third part, again, Lord willing in His timing, uh, we would be in that outward arrow, uh, focusing on the, on the harvest outward. And so <clears throat> that's where we're going. I'm giving you in advance that the head notice of where we're headed. And I want to say uh, that you can't give away something you don't have. So that's just a principle of life, whether you're a believer, whether you're a believer or not, right, of leadership, of, of, of giving and whatever. It's just a principle of life. And so that's why we are making sure we don't just rush into outreach without reminding ourselves that really, Lord, we want to keep our hearts open to you and keep you the priority in our heart, mind, soul, and strength to be focused upward primarily. I want to give you a little update before we uh, you know, run into this message, and it's, this is exciting to me, but you might remember a few weeks ago that I told you that we're really working hard to get this, this awesome body of Christ, these people love Jesus so much, positioned in a place, in a way that makes us prepared for the harvest, ready for the harvest. And I'm going to ask uh, Kayla Watkins to go ahead and come up front. She heard me speak about ALC. ALC is a loving choice uh, ministry and organization in Shelbyville. It's a um, pregnancy center to help uh, women choose life and not have an abortion, they have an ultrasound there, etc. And, and the director had uh, spoken at our community prayer gathering we had there last fall and, and, and said, you know, I could use local churches' support. And so uh, uh, Kayla heard me say that we want to go there, we want to investigate this, and Kayla just contacted me that week and said, I, I, you know, I know Erica and I want to, you know, talk to her anyway, why don't 
you let me, you know, just talk to her and get this conversation going. So, uh, Kayla, why don't you share with us kind of what you learned? And uh, thank you for doing this. Yeah, of course. By the way. It, it really was the providence of God because he mentioned that. And I, I had planned to meet with Erica the Tuesday after that Sunday that Pastor Stephen spoke about that. So um, when I talked to her, it, it was really – she shared a story to start off with. She said that they had a client come in who – they're dealing with a lot of life changes, a lot of scary decisions, a lot of things that are going on in their life. And this particular client felt the need to go to church. And she never really had been to church, but she felt like it was just a pressing need. But she was scared because she wasn't a normal church attender. And three weeks in a row, she pulled into a church parking lot and left each morning because she was scared to go in because she didn't know anybody. Uh, a lot of times, Erica was telling me they have a fear of judgment of walking in as a single mom, uh, not knowing what to do with kids, that type of thing. And so what she's asking from us is so simple. Um, She's asking that we, um, along with hopefully other churches in the community, become have designated hosts that are here. That when a client comes to them and says, hey, I've been feeling the need to go to church, that Erica can pick up the phone with whichever church they choose and say, hey, I've got somebody there for you. And we have a plan for when they show up at the door to get them to the restrooms, to childcare, to whatever the case may be. We've saved them a seat. Um, it's just simple. It's very, very simple. And so that's something I'd love to kind of start doing. And um, con- grab me after church, if you like, if that's something you'd be interested in. Uh, we'd like to start doing that sooner rather than later so that as those needs come up, they have a place and that they can comfortably come and experience the Lord. Stay here for a second. And um, so as you hear that, I, and I want us to go farther than that. So we want, she's saying, please let that visit that they give to be as pleasant and as smooth for them as possible. And I want them to leave here knowing there's an open door for relationships and friendships here if they want to come back, okay? And not just on Sunday morning, but during the week as well. Do you hear that? So I am, so this is a real sample of what you'll be hearing in this series as we get to the vision home groups. We still are working at dates for those that where you say, okay, I'm going to position myself to be ready for the harvest. And there'll be a few of you women right now as you pray about this, you're going to contact Kayla and you're going to get some little orientation, a little training to get ready. And we don't know when this is going to happen. She, Eric said it doesn't happen like every week or something. It could be months down the road when there's someone who's willing to come, but we're going to be ready. You see that? We're not going to be scratching our heads on, oh, we already know who's, who's willing, who's ready, and say absolutely, and we're going to really show them the love of God and open the door of the kingdom of God to them. So, so this, is, this is a good example of other things like that. Well, I'll be asking you to put your name on the dotted line and say, yes, I'll be on that team. I'll be in that group. I want to uh, help out with that and get ready for that uh, type of group that to receive and also uh, make disciples. Let's pray together right now over, over this um, opening open door. Uh, Kayla, do you want to pray? Do you want me to pray? Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Lord, I thank you so much for your, your providence in connecting the right people in the right places at the right time to fulfill the needs that, that you know are there in our communities and the needs that you see and the people that you're longing to bring to you, God. I pray for the ladies uh, and the families that come through ALC and for the the staff and the the volunteers, Lord, that you would just bolster and equip them and give them the resources and the energy 
and the wisdom that they need to, to navigate some of these tricky situations, God, and that you would just bring people to them because that's another thing Erica said, that she'd love to reach more people through what she's doing, God, that you would bring people to her door uh, and that they would be well-equipped and that we would be well-equipped to partner with them. God, I pray that you would just impress on people in this room uh, who you feel would be well-equipped to do this and who would be well-equipped to help these ladies, Lord. And I just I pray that this you would bless this, that we would be a place that is open, that is welcoming, that is judgment-free, Lord, that we would just show your spirit as people walk in through our doors. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Kayla. And happy birthday, by the way. Today is her birthday. Give her a big hand, okay? Woo! Wow. I actually put her to work on her birthday. What is? What kind of pastor is that? Man. All right. So there is someone in the church who, who is a, just a, a veteran I call in the, in the Lord and known for many years. She said, I have a word for you. And this is a few weeks ago. She said, listen intently. Time is strategic. Listen intently. Time is strategic. I want to say that there's no accident that though we've been planning even for, you could say, several years, but we've been planning for months to prepare our body for the harvest, that the Lord breaks out in a Holy Spirit outpouring just an hour away from us. And so that, that time is, timing is strategic. And we really can't ask for anything better than that. Because revival is great preparation for the harvest. That personal revival that we experience before God. And hopefully, in what I believe is happening, that revival will be the source of much of the harvest, you see. That it only increases, it jumps up, it increases the harvest. And so you need to be that much more ready for new believers, for those who are hungry, those who are seeking, asking tough questions. And so today, I want us, again, as I said, to focus upward to God in our personal relationship with Him. And I want to do that by actually exploring what I'm going to call signs of revival. Um, I've went down to Wilmore four different times. And, um, and so it, not only did I, what I hear and what I, for myself and with others and testimonies and things on YouTube, etc. I've just been, you know, waiting for the Lord, trying to grasp what He's been doing. And it's so, so good. And so I'm, I'm going to mention a few here this morning, and then, Lord willing, a, a couple others next Sunday. But what I'm calling is signs of, of, of revival. Now, so Stephen, are you saying you're calling Asbury, this is a, a true revival? And, you know, I don't really t- am too concerned about the terms, in fact, the university uses the term outpouring, and I've heard the word awakening down there in Wilmore, and, and they don't want to, like, promote it and make it bigger than it is or whatever. Well, folks, I mean, this has spread throughout the nation and the world. And it started, it started that about the third day. For the first couple days, it was just the student body, and then after that, it was, you know, just, it was spreading. And so in other college campuses, hallelujah, other communities as well. So in this, for me, that is one definition of revival, that it's spreading. It's not just depending on, 
let's say, a, a certain speaker or a certain worship team or a certain place or church or something. You see that? And, and so, I'm, um, uh, so yeah, I do believe it is, it is a rival, revival. One thing that I believe we're uh, believing or seeing is that it will impact the harvest. It's not just a renewal and refreshing for us believers, but it's actually impacting those who don't believe and who are seekers and they're coming in. So that is another you know, understanding about what's the difference between maybe a new renewal and revival is that it spreads and it, it reaches the harvest. But let me just mention the first one for today. Uh, and and um, um, I don't know, David, if you wanted to show that. Uh, okay, you already did that. Okay, fantastic. Um, the signs of revival. So the first one I want to mention is worship and a hunger for more. And when I was there, it was basically just worship, and then they added a few other little things. Some, a section for testimonies, a little section for reading scriptures, uh, some instructions about the, the fire chief and what they have to get the aisles clear and, and all that. And it was basically worship. And I want to tell you, God can do a lot. With, when people give themselves to worship. And <clears throat> I had talked to a friend in Shelbyville, actually saw him down there uh, on the first day I was there. And uh, so we talked on the phone later on. He said, you know, um, I went back a couple more times and, I, and it was got to where you couldn't get into Hughes Auditorium. You'd either had to wait in line or just worship out there in the, in the lawn. They had these big uh, speakers and Videotron things and and there's a lot of people out there. And he said, one of my sons walked up with a friend. My son plays college football, and he brought a football player up, and I didn't even know he was going to be there. And my son, he, he wasn't serving he, the Lord at the time, and I just said hi, and then I backed off because I didn't want him to think, oh, Dad's going to you know, get him now, right? Dad's going to really get after him. And, and so we backed off, and we went, and he said, from a distance, I saw my son who's probably, whatever, 275 college football player raising his hands in worship out on a lawn with simple worship, just maybe guitar, piano, one or two singers. I mean, it's not a fully developed kind of praise team type concept. We'll just put the best out there. It's, it's, a, it's an excellence of spirit in the heart, of a hunger of heart for worship. Doesn't... God deserved that. Wholehearted worship. I want to mention one of the Hebrew names of God. This is when we translate it, we just get God in the Old Testament. But there's some Hebrew words that are very specific. And it's El Elyon. It means God Most High. So when you see that phrase in the Bible, God Most High, it's referring to this Hebrew name of God, and it, it means he is the superior one, no doubt. There is no one that is close to his superiority. He really is Lord of lords and really is king of kings, and therefore he really does deserve all of our wholehearted worship. I love our very vertical statement uh, in our vision statement Abandoned to God, because He is 
the most high God. Way and beyond anyone, anything or anyone else. And he is worthy of our worship. There's a psalm that this name is used, Psalm 57, verse 2. It says, I will cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. And there was this amazing dynamic happening. Even though they had an altar call open all the time, they had one of those uh, benches there, you know, you would kneel on. And they, they didn't have many altar calls. Come down and get prayed for. And we have a, they had people who were available to pray for individuals, but people would just come and go as they please, as they felt led or when they wanted to. And, and so there is this, was this constant work of the Spirit in people's lives during worship. It wasn't directed from the stage very often. Again, sometimes they'd have a testimony that would lead into prayer or, or something uh, at the end of a, a speaker. The speaker would speak maybe 15 minutes at a time at the most, uh, stretched out over a, a, over a, a particular evening. And so, Lord God, would you do that in our lives, that when we worship you, you fulfill the purposes in our life, you perform the things that you have uh, destined for us, even when we're not thinking about them, because we're thinking about you. Do that among us and in our midst. So another sign of revival, one is worship and a hunger for more, but the second one is a humble confession of sin and repentance. There was a humility of what people were sharing and an honesty that was sometimes so raw that they decided not to uh, uh, put that out on video. They would actually, uh, on their archived, they have six archived uh, 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 nights there, and the last six nights on their website, and they just blanked it out because they wanted to honor those people. This was so personal, they didn't want to just plast it on the Internet. There's, There's this humbleness about revival, and let me take you to a couple of scriptures on this. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. And this poor in spirit doesn't even have, you know, it's not necessarily someone who's done all the big sins and they just came off of, you know, getting pulled out of jail or something. No, this is, this is anyone that has the spirit of humility, and you suddenly see the most high and holy God, and then myself, oh God, please forgive me because you're convicting me in different layers that, that, I'm, uh, that you're taking me to a, a, a deeper place right now. So cool, John the Baptist, when he prepared the way for a great harvest, <laughs> John the Baptist was that uh, one sent before Jesus actually started his ministry on the earth, and so he was preparing for the harvest, getting it ramped up, getting it ready. And there was a his his message was repent, for the kingdom of God is near. It's at hand. It's it's so close. It's don't wait any longer. The kingdom of God is here. It's now. So get right with God right now. And he had uh, the baptisms of John the Baptist, where they would get cleansed and washed and purified with that act of baptism. Uh, and before God in their hearts, and he was preparing for revival. What's curious about that is that guess what Jesus' main theme was in his preaching? 
Same one. Repent, for the kingdom of God is near. And so that's a message that we need to continue to see and hear in our life. Let's go to another sign of revival. See continual consecration and sanctification. Well, Stephen, those are some awful big words. What is that about? And, and these are words you do find them in the Scriptures. And it refers to our holiness before God. Now, thank you, Lord, when we turn away from our sin and we say, I don't want that life anymore, I don't want to choose it, I want to choose you, God, and you repent, you turn, and you turn to Jesus Christ, and you said, I, I need you to forgive me, by your blood cleanse me, and when you say, yes, I believe that you rose from the dead, Lord Jesus, and you're saved, you become a new creature, you receive righteousness from God. You have a holiness that you didn't earn, you didn't pay for, you didn't be a good two-shoes and make it happen. This was a gift from God, and they call that justification in the Bible. Your righteousness, you are justified, boom, by his righteousness. It's given to you. It's a free gift. But these words here, consecration and sanctification, is an ongoing openness to God to say, make me more like you. I want more Christ-likeness. Make me more like you. And there's a con- continual pursuit of that. The word consecrate, you would see that in the Old Testament when they would set something apart, either in the temple or an animal to be sacrificed. This is set apart for God. That's what you and I say the same prayer. God, I set myself apart for you. It's a total dedication It is in every area of my life. Just look at another beatitude. I know I've read already one out of Matthew chapter 5. Let's go to another one. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. This is a, a depth that God wants you to see Him that much clearer, that's much more. And when we set ourselves apart and say, Lord, I want more of purity of mind, of, of soul, my will, mind, and emotions. Lord, do it. Did you know at Hughes Auditorium, which is the main building there at Asbury University where this chapel service started, and, and I'm sorry, I didn't get the history real, real quick if you hadn't heard. This was uh, February, let me see, was it 8th? On a Wednesday morning, normal chapel service, pretty normal message. I've listened to it. And uh, but some students just stayed and started just continue to worship and confess areas that they were being convicted in. And then so more students heard that and the chapel is still open. So they'd go back and then they were doing the same. And then that went on for 15 days. Was this constant worship and prayer and seeking God for more purity so, just take, you've seen pictures, just show like, here's one of the pictures of the auditorium. It's not huge, it's, it holds about, I heard, 13, maybe 1,500 people. And, um, and so, as you see, this, is, this building is 100 years old, and uh, has one of those old uh, uh, organs in there. 
And they they never played the organ. They was they just kept just simples college students leading worship. Uh, they didn't pull that out from at least when I was there, and and I didn't hear anyone mention that. Uh, but you need to know that for a hundred years, there's this statement at the top of that organ uh, uh, piece in the front: "Holiness unto the Lord." And that's when we're saying, we're saying all in, we're saying all in to him, God most high, the holy one, holiness unto him. I'm all in for holiness unto you, Father. That's how we get our personal revival going is we we. We call out, Lord, this is what we want, is holiness unto you. And this is, a, this is an important statement, and if, I don't know if you've seen this phrase before. Hebrews 12, verse 14 says, Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. This is the NIV version. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. And that's helped the scriptures divide this uh, uh, misconception about the word belief. Oh, if, if the Bible just says, I just believe that God is real, that Jesus Christ is, is uh, Lord and Savior, then I believe that, then I'm okay. It doesn't necessarily have to impact my life. Listen, the Bible also says that demons believe and they shudder because they know the power of God. So, if we say, I'm going to believe, but I'm going to just live any way I want to. I'm not going to be, God is a God of love and grace. He accepts me, I am, so I'm going to just live and sin as much in any area that I want to. You don't understand the Bible. You don't understand the truths of Scriptures. That when you believe, that relationship starts, and He starts working, holding us, and you receive that 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 justification, that righteousness is a gift, and then he, he puts these desires in you to, yes, I want to live a holy life. I want to see God. I want purity. So this is, this is him working in you, and you want those next steps of what I do now, Lord. I want to live a more holy life, a holy mind, and my thoughts, a holy emotions, and the will and decisions I make, and my holy, uh, and my soul healed and cleansed. So you're getting a feel for signs of, the, of a revival. I'm, like I said, if Lord willing, I'll bring a couple up more next Sunday. But let's look at how does this, how does these words invest, invite, and involve help us today? And actually, in the discussion of that planning team, it was all about outreach that, that night. Oh, yeah, and what you do is you, you invest in a person, and that could be a, a contact there at work or a friend or something, and, and then you invite them to a small group or discipleship group, you know, you invite them, and then you involve them to, to actually uh, use their gifts, and, and, and eventually the Lord is just going to save them. And on that path, somewhere on the path, God is working and planting seeds the whole time. And hold it now. If we're going to be all in, if we're going to be prepared for worship, we need to work on ourselves and our vertical relationship with God. 
We can't give what we don't have. We've got to work on our inward relationships and friendships in the body of Christ so that when we do outreach, and, and it's not one or the other, it's all at the same time, folks, because as soon as you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you're ready to evangelize and go reach out to somebody. If you have five minutes ahead of somebody, you got five minutes to give to somebody. And if you've been uh, a believer for five days, you're way ahead. If you're five months, five years, if you've been a believer 10, 20, if you've been a believer 30 or 40 years, you are so ready. You have so much to give. You, you have to choose what to give. You've got so much to give. So I say that to say, I believe that we're ready. You're more ready than you realize. And yet we don't want to forget the priority of the upward Jesus first. So what does this mean, invest? Well, we devote, you devote your heart and lifestyle upward. That investment says, hey, I'm going to do that. I'm devoting, I'm committing, I'm dedicating, and I devote my heart and life to this upward journey. Because there could be something blocking the wall, a wall there. The Word of God is so good to help us with this, to identify walls that could be blocking this living water that's inside of you. Hebrews 4 Verse 12 says, For the word of God is living and powerful. And, and this is so cool, the description of the words in the Bible. This is holy scripture. Your Bible is, is, is holy, alive, and powerful. Let's have it describes it. For the word of God is living and powerful. And sharper than in any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and joints and marrow, and is a discerner, of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So when you read the word and study it, I just like saying the you know because hey, I don't really study the Bible because it's study you know I don't really you know I don't really read. I mean, you've got to find a way to get into the word. That includes reading it. That that includes meditating on a phrase that sticks out. That includes oh yeah that God gave me that for that relationship at at work. I mean, you have to get into the word. Whatever that looks like, you got to get into it. And I actually, both in books and then sometimes with the Bible, I like, often with the Bible, I listen to it. And I found, um, uh, uh, just a few years ago, the best audio Bible audio version that you can find. It does cost you a little money. You can't do it on the freebies on the websites there. When you uh, are reading the Word and you hit the little, the, 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 the speaker and it gives you options, you won't find it on those typical uh, uh, Bible websites or apps. So you got to go out and find it, and I'm going to show it to you. And um, it's called the Audio Bible. It's a New King James Version, and it's dramatized. Do we have that picture? That's not it. If you, if you, if you don't, you just write this down. It's called the um, Audio Bible, New King James Dramatized. And what's so good about it is, uh, it is, it's got like Christian professional actors in it. Jim Caviezel's is Jesus, you guessed it right, and others, and they have quality music in the background. So a friend of mine was, was telling me that, you know, I just have a hard time, you know, focusing and getting, reading, reading the Bible and getting it done. I mean, I, I work hard during the day and I'm, I'm tired. 
he ended up getting this audio Bible, is able to listen it during the day. So now he's putting the word of God in his mind hours every day. Hearing, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Folks, that's going to have a building of your faith. That's going to have a, a transformation of your uh, of your insides getting closer to Jesus. When you take that word of God, sharper than two-edged sword, and you get into it, whichever form it looks like, including hearing hours during the day, it's going to start transforming your mind, your will, your emotions. How awesome is that? So you got to invest. You devote your heart and lifestyle to it. Next, invite. Um, I believe I have a link to the Asbury. Uh, and, and what invite means is hear the invitation from the Holy Spirit to come away. And I believe I have a, a link to uh, the Asbury. Like I said, they, they didn't do live stream for most of the two weeks. In the last six nights, and they had a prayer conference with college students the last couple nights. So you can go to asbury.edu and outpouring, and there's an archive where they have six of these, you know, two, two and a half hours, just live streams, and just listening to the worship or having it in the background, I mean, it does something to me. So I want to encourage you to that to let you know the Holy Spirit is inviting you for more worship, inviting you to get closer. The Holy Spirit isn't, there's this invitation I, I remember when I wrote this down in my notes that, that Dolores, in the beginning of the uh, uh, Open Wells fast we did for 21 days in January, she said, you know, the Lord showed me that he's inviting me, uh, come to me, my beloved. And if you have trouble believing that God the Most High, which he is, would invite you and say, I, I want more more focused time with you, I want... If you have trouble grasping that, you've got a blockade right there, folks. Because that is truth. That is the word of God about you. That the Father, His Son, Jesus, the Holy Spirit is inviting you to come away. And I, I sense this. I wish I sensed it more often. But I sense it when I'm, I'm, I'm getting too busy. I'm getting this or that. Or I'm getting stressed. And, and it's like, you know, why don't, why don't you just worship me? Why don't you just come away and put me and consecrate yourself? Put your, and, and just focus on me. I have to be honest with you that my mind is easily distracted. I get up uh, early pretty much every morning, and depending on my workout schedule, depends on, on when I have my uh, devotional times, but I plan on having them in the morning uh, because as the day goes on, right, you, you just get busier. But even my mind, I can be up, you know, less than a half an hour, and my mind gets going about the things on the to-do list, things that are undone. And I'll have to do a little little life hack, a little devotional hack to get me ready for my devotions. And I use this little app sometimes. It's called Pause. It's from John Eldridge's ministry, uh, Wilder Heart. And you can, you know, he's got a website there. Uh, I think it's pause.com. You can find it, you know, in, on the, uh, uh, wherever you get apps. And he has one minute, three minute, five minute, maybe more. I've only used one, three, and five minutes where he just lets you slow down, got that peaceful little music in the background, and you just start surrendering things over to God. Just slowly, just be still and know that I'm God. 
And so I'll have to do that to get, be ready for my devotional. Your pastor, he, his mind can race so fast just to even to have, you know, a devotional. He sometimes just has to get focused on God. Listen, trust in him, turn things over to him. And I encourage you, this is a great little lap. Pastor Ed Berry from Henry Christian Church shared that with me in the middle of the pandemic when his uh, uh, con- uh, constructing management company is going through all kinds of changes in the middle of the pandemic and his project particularly was extra challenging. And he said, I put this on when I drive in my way to work because he needs to refocus on God before he hits that challenging day. So hear the invitation from the Holy Spirit saying, come away with me. Matthew 6, verse 32 says, For after all these things the Gentiles seek, all these things they were listed as in, in this passage, it was, you know, what you eat, what you shall wear, just the basic needs of life. There are nothing wrong with them. But for your Heavenly Father knows that you need all these basic things. Verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Just a little uh, short story about the student ministry on Wednesday nights. Praise God for three young people praying the prayer of salvation. But John and I and, a, and another group from the church went to the uh, Wilmore on a Tuesday a couple weeks ago. And again, most of the day was just worship. They had some testimony times, and then we left, but we were there. Let's three hours of worship, basically. And two, uh, Wednesday the next day, I wanted to have my heart just to pray in the youth room before the, you know others really got there and things. I went over there, and John was at the keyboard, and he was playing. And I knew he could, he said, you know, he can play piano, drums, and bass. What a talented guy. But this is the first time, as far as I know, that he was playing in there. And, and so I just started, you know, uh, worshiping and praying. And he said, you know, I don't know if I'm going to actually lead worship tonight, but I'm, I'm considering it. Because he hasn't led worship on a Wednesday night with the, with the young people yet. And he did. It was a small group that night. And he said, they entered into worship much more than I thought ones who I wouldn't guess it did. And the next week did it again. It was more young people that night. And he said, again, more worship the Lord than I could. Something has happened with this. Well, it's spreading, folks. There's a hunger that's spreading throughout our nation. And as we pray, particularly for our young people. So the next word here, let me go over this, and and then I want to give you a couple more scriptures in closing. Involve. Sometimes we just need to rub shoulders with people who we know have strengths in this area of the vertical, of the uh, upward with God. And their prayer groups, some established, established for many years, you need to know about. Because you just attending one of those, maybe for several months, can take you to another level. 
We have the Open the Wells Worship Night. That's going to be the third Friday uh, uh, of the month here, just in a couple Fridays from now. We have Sunday mornings, men's and women's groups. So women's group meets over there, men's over there. Does that start at 9.15 or 9.30? Men's and women's prayer group, what times do they start? I know you go to them. Tell me what time you start. 9.30? That starts at 9.30. Tuesday morning, lazy group, a ladies group meets at the prayer house back here. That starts at 9.45. How about that? Second and fourth Tuesday. Thank you, Mom, for that update. A prophetic prayer group, which meets... Once a month, the first Monday, so that's tomorrow night, uh, 5.30 here at the church. There's an Israel prayer group that meets the first Friday. Uh, we're including probably a digital prayer uh, meeting for praying for Shelby County with the other churches and praying in unity specifically for Shelby County. That's going to be a new thing, uh, a, a digital thing. You might want to start another prayer group because these times or places don't work with you. It might just be one or two friends that you get a prayer partnership going on a, a texting group or something. But listen, folks, involve, engage with others that will inspire you upward. So, if it's true, you can't give away what you don't have, then, Lord, we want more of you working in us right now. John the Baptist said it this way in John three twenty seven. He said, John answered and said, A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. And I want to say to you that our God, and this might sound funny to some of you, is a jealous God. Well, I thought jealousy was kind of a bad thing. That's, that's a, a, right, Stephen? Well, not in, when it comes from God, and let me explain it to you. It's actually another Hebrew word, Elkanah. Elkanah means a consume, God is a consuming fire. God is a jealous God. He's, another Hebrew word is, he's your husband. And when a husband sees a man flirting with his wife, what's going to happen? His jealousy says, hold it, she belongs to me. She is mine. We belong to one another. Uh, sir, you better stop what you're doing right now. There is a, a pure but passionate jealousy in God that says, I paid for you with my blood. I will have already loved you and will continue to love you. You belong to me and none other. And when I see that you are distracted and you put other things first before me, I don't like that. And so consider my discipline, consider my conviction, my love to say, no, 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 I'm your number one priority. 
I'm your number one focus. Let the word of God go into the bones and marrow in dividing soul and spirit. That's what a consuming fire is. God is called a consuming fire. It's a refiner's fire. What does a refiner's fire do? A refiner's fire purifies us. I'm going to ask the praise team to go ahead and come up, but don't play yet because I, I, I want to want to wait on that on on the timing. And I and I purposely asked them to just do fewer songs beforehand so we could spend more time in worship here just before the Lord. But a refiner's fire gets impurities out. Gets impurities out. It burns it away. And so when we're talking about uh, Lord, I want to be open to your holiness, and we think about our actions, and that's good, because they're there. Uh, but we also need to think and be open about our behaviors. There's levels. There's He wants to go farther. He wants to go into our words and purify those. He, he wants a refiner's fire goes even more pure than that. It's not just words, but it's our thoughts. A refiner fires wants to go more than that. It's our our motivation. A refiner fires wants to burn. And so we're all say, Lord, we are all in need of more holiness.